Welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 12 to 20. Giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is the and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether things, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. Here ends the reading of God's word. Father, what we are not, make us. Where we are not, take us. What we don't know, teach us. By the instructions that we receive through your word, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to turn to the Lord, that the veil will be removed. So that we, with unveiled faces, will behold wondrous things in your word. There are wondrous and wonders in your word. Wondrous things and wonders in your word. But give us unveiled faces that will behold Christ in the word. Thank you that the sick is being healed. Amen. The sinning is being convicted. Amen. The lost is being saved. Amen. Thank you that the confused is being directed. Amen. And thank you that the discouraged is receiving hope. Amen. And faith is coming alive. Amen. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The best thing that can ever happen to anybody is to be a Christian. Really? Oh, yes. It depends on what you think being a Christian is. What it means to be a Christian is to be indwelt by God. God dwells in you. God lives in you. He made his abode his dwelling place in a human being. What? That's amazing. The creator of the universe lives in a human being. That's amazing. That's, that's the best thing that can ever happen to you. See, when, let's say if you want to be, whatever career you want to pursue, when you finish your studies and you, you are in command of the subject or, you know, it gives you, and let's say, let's say, okay, you want to do law. You've studied and you are top on the, in the field of whatever you have studied in the legal field. You know, when, when you are handling matters, you know now you are ready. Yeah. It, it gives you an advantage. Yeah. 
because you are loaded with all the necessary information with regards to that field of endeavor. Now, when you are living and you are loaded with code, you cannot be an object of pity. No, you can't be an object of pity. You, you certainly have an upper hand in life. And you, have, you tend to have an unfair competition with anyone who competes with you. Because you are an unfair advantage. Because God is in you. To be a Christian is the best thing that can ever happen to you. You never know till you have tasted it. You won't know. You will, what you don't know, you don't miss. You, you would not know being a Christian is the best thing that could ever happen to you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If you don't know it, you have actually not tasted God. But when you have seen Christ, who is the light, that's when you realize that any other thing you thought was the light was less than candle. <laughs> so he says that in Colossians chapter 1 verse 12, it talks about how, you know, I will always go back to that. Colossians, it starts by greetings and then praying for them. After greeting them, he said, I pray for you. And after praying for them, he says, now let's, let's cut to the chase. Let's get to business, what the real thing is about. And he starts by telling them that God, it's always good to give thanks, right? We give God thanks who has qualified us. Wow. Qualified us to be partakers. You also have the right, the covenant entitlement to share in anything that God, special, the special things that God has reserved for certain peculiar people, you have been entitled, you have been qualified to, to be a bona fide partaker. It's just amazing. And so anytime you remember that, what should come to your heart is thanks. Wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Healing is your inheritance or is your heritage in Christ. Success is your heritage in Christ. Good health is your heritage in Christ. Peace is your heritage in Christ. Rest. The Bible says that we enter into rest. Jesus said, come to me. All ye that labor. Matthew chapter 11. 20, and are heavy laden. And he said, me, I will give you rest. He said, rest is our entitlement. It's part of our covenant uh, blessings, covenant access. Rest. Rest in your health. Rest in your career. Rest in your marriage. Rest in your family. All this restlessness. Bible says that God gave David rest all around. Ah. And Jesus gives us rest. I see you somebody, I see somebody entering that rest. So he has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. When you are sanctified, you have an inheritance. And he says that it's God who qualifies us to be part. A pastor can't qualify you. No human being can qualify you. This one, God said, I qualify you. Not even my mother, not even my father, not your mom, not your dad. But God, that is why it's always good to give him thanks. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Every time you are saying thank you to the Lord, it doesn't mean everything is fine. But it means that you are completing him. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. 
We give thanks to God who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Wow. In whom we, in, that's in the son, in, this, in the dear son we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I can't read my Bible and come across the phrase forgiveness of sins and just move on. Because forgiveness of sins is a big thing. It's a big, it's, it's a big deal. It's, 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 that's what only God can give. That's what only God can give. That's why when Jesus forgave somebody, he said, in Mark chapter 2, who is this guy who, who forgives this man? Why is he blaspheming? Who is this guy who forgives sins? Because he didn't know that the God of forgiveness was actually amongst us. I really like talking about this, about how God, and last Sunday in, at Impact, I was trying to bring that message alive again. But it was so much, there are too many things to cover, so I didn't really... God, but never forget this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, it doesn't matter who you are, God is an all-inclusive God. He receives anybody, whosoever. And the condition is just believe. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Because he came to all humanity who were caught in sin. So verse 17 says that, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn us. What we actually needed or deserve was condemnation. Yeah. Why are you saying that? Because God is perfect God. And we are so imperfect, not just imperfect, we are below, we've gone, we've sunk below average. And so when, see, when, when you have something that is very white, pure white, and you put it near something that people think has been white, <laughs> or, or your teeth, of white. <laughs> so sometimes you think something is okay until you bring something perfect to it and then you can tell how bad it is. Now when Jesus stepped, that's, can I tell you how bad we were? How off we were? To the extent that, in fact, I think someone said, some, one of those great guys made a statement that no human being is perfect and the very the moment a perfect human being shows up, we will kill him. And that's exactly what we did. Perfection came, ah, let's kill him. To the extent that that scripture I've been quoting in Acts chapter 3, verse 13, 14, and 15, is so interesting. Bible says that Pontius Pilate was determined to let him go, but they denied Christ and they demanded a robber. They said, give us the murderer. We give us the murderer and get rid of the prince of life. Prince of life, that Greek word prince of life is the author of life, the giver of life. Give us the one who takes away life and get rid of the one who gives life. That's how bad our human state. It's human. Kill the prince of life. Get rid of him. When Pontius Pilate said, but this guy is too good. What has he done? Get rid of him. That's who we were. 
and that's who the, the human nature is fundamentally flawed. That is why religion is very bad for us. Because religion is an attempt to think that we can give God what he must need. We can reach out, we can fix our problem. But we can't fix our problem. So for God so, that he said, let me fix this problem for them. So the verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn us. Ah, the perfect one, when he came, the first thing he should have done was to, to have condemned us. He rather who should have condemned us, never condemned. That is why they brought the, the sick person to him and he looked at the guy and said, your, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. He came dishing out forgiveness of sins. Wow. He came. He said he did not send his son to condemn the world, but that through him, the, God did not send. Let's all read out loud from this. Let's go. Let's, let's do it loud. Let's go. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We were in a predicament. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can save me from this body of death? We were in such a predicament that was so bad, we couldn't help ourselves. And God, what, God is so holy, God is so righteous, God is so perfect that he should condemn us outright. But he came in not to condemn. So even when we were throwing stones at him, when we were crucifying on the cross, he didn't come to condemn. So on the cross, he couldn't say, God, judge these ones. I said last week when I was preaching, actually, what? What is a perfect man doing on the cross? The cross is the place for convicted criminals, hardened criminals of the highest order in those days. So what is a what is a perfect? uh, Hey Christ, what are you doing there? If you die, don't you can't die like that. You you don't belong there. Bible says that for such a high priest is fitting for us. Oh my goodness. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26 said, Such a high priest is fitting, it's appropriate, it's suitable for us. Such a high priest is fitting for us. Who is what? Holy? Who is what? Harmless? Who is what? Undefiled? Who is what? Separated from sinners and has become higher than the heavens. Such a high priest. Christ! What are you doing on the cross? Why, why are you joining them? And to show you that the cross doesn't belong to good people, on his right was a hardened criminal condemned to death. On his left was a hardened criminal condemned to death. And he was in their midst. What are you doing there, Christ? Get out from the cross. But he didn't come to show he was the best. He just came. He said that God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. So guess what? You know what I found out? On the cross, these thieves won't keep quiet. No wonder. No wonder. They won't keep quiet. But I can understand. The guy was in so much pain. He turned his anger against Christ. Why? Because he said, if you, if you are son, why don't you save yourself and save us too? How can I be dying near a savior? The guy couldn't just reconcile that. How can, how can I be dying near a savior? How can I be in this state when the savior is next to me? So you can understand why he reacted that violently to Christ. He said, he said, one of 
the thieves. <laughs> One of the criminals, say criminals. Criminals. Yeah, we were all like that. I, I, I know you're a good person, but at core, there's, there's a problem. There's a problem. Anything that comes from your core tends to not be nice. Even on the surface, you put nice perfume on you, nice something on you. After a while, nice uh, um, lotion on you, rub it and see you've changed the lotion. <laughs> nice rice enters you, you change the rice. After a small period of process, he changed it. So he was on the cross. And the guy said, why? He says that, that one of the criminals who was hanged blasphemed him. Now he took it. See, you have to be careful when you are down. The things you might say can be used against you. Yeah, the things you might say. He was so down and he was struggling. But that's his character. Everything must be his way. Everything must be. He turned it on Christ. <laughs> if, you are, if you are the Christ, save yourself and save us. <laughs> but what, what was going on here? But the other thief said to him, Excuse me. Even the thieves knew he was faultless. Even the criminals who were dying with him knew that this man didn't belong here. It's like, Christ, what are you doing here? So the other one, Answering, rebuked him. Do you know what got my attention? John 3.17 was playing out here. Because Jesus should have been the one to rebuke this stupid guy. But when he opens his mouth, he doesn't have condemnation. Because he did not send his... uh, Even in his pain, he didn't have it. He couldn't say, wow. you, are, you are a criminal. Shut up! It took another criminal to sort out the other criminal. <laughs> Shut up. And guess what? When he addressed the criminal, the one who was offending him didn't get an address. Because if he gives him an address, it's supposed to be a condemnation. But he didn't come to condemn. But the other one who acknowledged him, got what he came to do. He got it. That's why he came. So if you cross him, he will leave you. But if you believe in him, he will save you. Uh, Yes, he didn't have condemnation. There is no condemnation in him. But he's going to come back again. (laughs) That one is coming with condemnation. Yeah. He says he will appear with vengeance against all those who do not believe God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Yeah. He will appear with his mighty angels to take vengeance and to give you who are troubled rest with us. When the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, verse 8, very scary. Verse 8, very scary. It doesn't sound like good news. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God. Wow. He's going to take vengeance on those. Vengeance for not knowing God. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I, I don't know what, what I don't know. I don't know. Why, why would you have to punish me for what? I, he said, you don't have an excuse. At all. Vengeance. And on those who do not obey 
He will come back. He will come back. Bible says in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, that in the times of ignorance, God winked. <laughs> he says that in the times of ignorance, God winked. It's like, okay, I'll let this pass. But now, commands all men everywhere to repent. Everywhere. Look at the next verse. Scary. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man. So there's a time coming. But there's a time coming. But now is not hour of condemnation. That is why the Christian message shouldn't be a message of condemnation. In what way is Jesus speaking through you? Since you are so full of condemnation. Jesus didn't come to condemn. Why are you always condemning? You are busy looking for people who are doing wrong to prescribe their hellish conditions. <laughs> so, when you study the scriptures, this blessed me so much that Jesus is so loaded with forgiveness of sins that on the cross, when he opened his mouth to address those who hurt him, he said, Father, forgive them. That's why he came. It's not like what they were doing to him was new. They've always been doing that. They're behaving wrong. That's why he came. And when he came, they turned it on him. And he said, that's why I came. I came to ask for forgiveness. In him, we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. Why? Why would you die in sins? Permit me to use a word that might be, sound a bit strong. But that's the mildest I can say. You are not smart. <laughs> Why would you sit by a body of water and die out of thirst? In, yes, die out of dehydration. In what way does that make you look smart? Why would you die in your sins? Anyone who dies in, in their sins, they are to blame. They are to blame. He said you would die in your sins unless you believe that I am. <laughs> John 8:34. You have to believe that I am. Ego imi. I am. It's not, not just, oh, Christ is not a, a, a nice person. Christ is also in the Quran. Christ is also uh, a history books. No, no, that's, that's not what he's talking about. Believe that I am the God of all creation. So that is leading us to the next point, which I picked up last week. We have redemption. In him we have redemption. Look at the next verse. verse, verse. Uh, Colossians chapter 1. Uh, please do me a favor. Is that okay if we all read it out loud? I love it when we read the Bible together. Shall we? I think we can pray together. You are, no, David, David could tell his soul, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. So you can talk to your soul. And so sometimes you have to just take the Bible raw and read it. And it's so nice when we come together as a church and we are all reading the verse together. Is that okay? Let's look at Colossians 1.15. Let's read it out loud. Let's go. Of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. One more time. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn? For the last time, louder. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Unto the king eternal, immortal, immortal, invisible. The only wise God. So God is invisible. 
No one has ever seen God. John chapter 1 verse 18. No one has ever seen God at any time. No man has seen God at any time. No man has seen God at any Why? Because God is invisible. Or my own English, unseeable. You can't touch him. You can't, you can't, you can't hold him. You can't see him. So, the, one of the divine attributes is that God is not in the physical realm to be seen. So, you can't see him. So, God can't be seen by human agents. You can't use microscope or telescope. <laughs> or any form of scope. To see him. Because he simply is invisible. The the, uh, unto the king eternal, immortal, he doesn't die, yeah. invisible. You can't see him. You can't see him. But his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Yeah. Attributes are his certain characteristics of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. His invisible attributes, that one you can see. So when you look at creation very carefully, you can see this thumbprints of fingerprints of God on several, several, every, any other thing created, you can see them. So the attributes can be seen, but God himself cannot be seen because God is a spirit. And he said, Jesus said, no man has seen God at any time. But, the, <laughs> he says that, but the only begotten, the monogenes, the only begotten son, who is in the bosom of the father, has declared him, has exegeted him. The original Greek word means to exegete. To exegete is to open up the text and pull out the meaning out of it, to get the meaning out of it. So he has, it's like he broke, he has broken him down so we can get him. In his, in his human living, in his human living, he has captured the unseen God in his human living. So Thomas said, show us the Father and it's enough for He said, you are asking this basic question at this time. You've been with me. That, that's the word. He said, John chapter 14. Thomas, uh, sorry, Philip, you have been with me all this while? No, that's a very, Jesus said to him, have you been with me so long? Now, now, that, that is what gets my attention. In other words, you've been with me long enough to notice something. We've been together for too long not to realize that I am he. We've been together for too long. It's like when someone is your, your best friend. And I mean, you, you've been together, you were in school together. You've, you've, I mean, and you, you never knew for once that their father was the president. And you've been your, your friend for 15 years. <laughs> she said, so have I, man, have I been, have I, ha? do you know that if you meet me and you hang around me for a few days, you will know I'm a pastor? Of course. You will know. You know. You know some of you, you met a guy, you, 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 you were within a few days, you know this guy likes girls. <laughs> hey! You know what I'm talking about? Some of you. After, after two days of someone befriending you, they'll know you like food. <laughs> Suddenly, 
they'll go, uh-huh. That's why you are that. Ah, I can't, I can't understand. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> yeah. Some of you, somebody just sitting near you for an hour or two, they know you are quarrelsome. They don't know it. They know you are quarrelsome. Yeah. They know you are quarrelsome. And you are telling me, I don't know why she didn't like me. We went out, we went for dinner. I really like her. She hasn't said anything. She said, oh, I know what, we just should be friends. I don't know why. They can't tell you why. <laughs> they can't tell you why. Girl, they can't tell you why. Yeah. Have I been with you so long? And you didn't know me? Philip, who I am, it's, it's, it's not so hidden if you hang around me. Who I, I can't hide it. It's so, Pontius Pilate had a bit of interaction with me. He knew that I'm very perfect. He just knew it. How come you have been with me all this while and you are telling me, show us the Father and it's, it's sufficient for us? He said, if you have seen me, I'm, I'm the one you are asking me to show you. For he says that he is the image of the Emmanuel day. The image of God. The image of the God who you cannot see has chosen to make himself known through Christ. That's who Christ is. Who is Christ? The image of the invisible God. Peter, who do you guys say I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Yeah. The one who only defines God. He gives God an expression amongst human within human context. Said if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know I can't say that about my father. You can't say that about your mother. Even though you have a very strong resemblance to your father or your mother, you can't tell people that when you see me, you've seen. No, you are not. But Jesus said, I I don't just look like the Father, I am the Father. He said, if you see me, you have seen the Father. If you see me, you have seen the Father. You have seen the invisible God. Yes. Bible says that Moses forsook Egypt, mm-hmm. Hebrews eleven twenty-seven. I seen him who is invisible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, by faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured, I seen him who is, he, 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 he kind of, God is invisible, but he had a certain encounter. Papa said something this week at Shiloh, Bishop Edith. He said, you can't have an encounter and forget it. Oh, quickly reminded me of myself. You can't have an encounter and quickly forget. He also said something that stuck with me. He said, you can't be lying and not know. (laughs) That's a serious thing. He said, you cannot be lying and not know you are lying. <laughs> so, he, he is the image of the God who cannot be seen. The image, the firstborn of every creature. Or, or the firstborn of every creature. I explained it, I think, significant last week. He's, he's, he's the first, not first in order of appearance, but in ranking, he has, he has supremacy. This book is primarily about the supremacy and the sufficiency of Christ. It's about his supremacy, and yet he's sufficient. 
insufficient. You don't need angelic assistance to reach out to God. You don't need that. Christ is enough. God, there, there were all kinds of ideas invading the church in those days that, you know, you, you can't just say Christ is enough. You need a saint to pray for you. You need some mediators. And it's a poor pussy this way. Said, there is one God and one mediator. Don't add any other one. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. There's one God and one mediator. There is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. There is one God. How many mediators? One. 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 Christ is enough. Yes, 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 yes. You don't need a pastor to come between you and God. Christ is enough. So he says that he's the firstborn of every creature. And now those who say, as I said last week, those who say, because of this scripture, I say, aha, you see, Jesus is a creature. He's not God. He said, because it's clear. He said, he's the firstborn of every creature, so he's a creature. No. When it comes to his humanity, he will have to be born. That's why he had a mother. But you see, sometimes that's why I had a problem when they say mother of God. Doesn't even fit your mouth to say mother of God. Think about no, think about the theology of it. Think about the theology of it. Oh, come on. It's it's so off that it's 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 amazing you can you can say it and get away with it. How can you say mother of God? How can you say God has got a mother? When it comes to his humanity, he has a mother. He needed a mother to be born because you have to come through the womb. So he needed a mother, Mary, who played the role of being the one through whom the Messiah arrives. Because you need a human mother. So the human Jesus. That is why David is his father. How can God have a father? No, so in Romans chapter 1, it talks about Concerning verse 4, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, according to the flesh, born concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David so long as the flesh is concerned. Not so long as the spirit is concerned. Not so long as his deity is concerned. Because deity cannot have an origin. So when they say, ah, Jesus Christ is the first one of every creature. That means that he, he, he has an origin. No, here he's talking about his humanity. So the beautiful thing about the, unique, the mystery of godliness, God manifested in the flesh. He is truly God and truly man. And so then, he's, so long as his manness, so long as his humanity, he had a beginning. That's right. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And this son that has come, he's not an ordinary son. His name shall be Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. What? Is he a son? Or a child? Yeah, that child in the manger is not an ordinary child. Even though he's a human child, there is divinity captured in humanity. Hallelujah. So, said Jesus Christ, he is the firstborn of every creature. But now, okay, you are saying he's a creature. Really? Look at the next verse. How would you explain the next verse in the light of what you are claiming based on that? He said, for by him were all things, ah, ah, all things created. By him, oh yeah, that is simple to explain. God created him first. 
and then through him created all the other. Ah, 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 ah. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean like that. All things, anything created. So he says that, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and in. So there are things created that you can't even see. Created that you can't even see. Visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created ah, by him Hallelujah. and for him. Yes. Everything has a, a, you know, the tag, brand, made by Christ. Made for Christ. Made by Christ. Everything physical you see bears the tag made by Christ. Said by him, he, he, he made all things were made. Is there? Or were created by him. All things. That tells you he's the creator. He said, he used the word, I've been saying made, but all things were created. All things were created by him. So in Genesis, when creation was going on, he was the one creating. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, prosopon, face to face with God. There's a relationship between God and God. God and God is one God, but God. <laughs> the, it, it, the same was in the beginning with God. And all things, say all things. Say all things. Say all things. So when you need something to be done by God, who do you go to? Christ. Because all things. I know some of us are believing God for that, believing God for all things. All things were made by him. Get to Christ. Get your husband in Christ. Get your wife. Get your children. Get your breakthrough. Get your promotion. Get your rising. Everything, get it in Christ. Because when you get it in Christ, it's authentic. If it is not made by Christ, I'm telling you, it's it's not legit. (laughs) It's not legit. Yeah. I know the guy likes you. Yeah, I know he likes you, but I, I, I don't think this thing is legit. I don't think this, this job is legit. I don't think that job is legit. It's not legit. It's not legit. You are doing TikTok clip to win people to church, and you are saying, I need Ibo, I need Ibo. It's not legit. It's not legit. It's not legit. Legit. It must be made in Christ. Whatever you are pursuing in, in life, do it in Christ. For the next statement says, and that's where I thought I was going to end, but look at the next statement. All things were made by him and for him. He, he is before all things. In John chapter 8, 58, he looked at the Jews and he told them, before, before, Jesus said, before Abraham, God told Jeremiah, before I formed him in the mother's womb, he's the only one who is before all things. 
He is before. He said, this Abraham you are talking about, before Abraham, no, I was. Pastor Charles, I realized that he understood, he knew what drama was. Because he said, he he, he said, before Abraham, he didn't say before Abraham is. He was talking about history. Before Abraham was, yes, even in history, he is. He said, I am, no, I was. I am. No, I was. Before Abraham, I am. Bible says he is before all things. Before all things, don't put him after things. That's why the Bible says, seek ye. Why? Because he is supposed to be before all things. Before all things. I know you want to make money. I know you want to break through. I know you want to be famous. I know you want to be popular. I know you want to get a lot. I know you want to achieve that. But make sure before. The essence of being a Christian is keep Christ where he belongs. Before. Before all things. Before all things. Lift your hand and say, oh Lord. Oh Lord. Be before all things. In my life. Amen. He's before all things. Can I add this and close? Yes. And let's all read it from the screen. Let's read it from the screen. All right, let's go. And he is before all things. And by him all things. One more time. And he is before all things. And by him all things. Now even louder. Let's go. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. Shout hallelujah. New King James. New King James. Let's read it together. Let's go. And him all things. NIV. Let's go. He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. So all things consist. That's what it means. They hold together. One enigma in science is about matter. Is how matter is made up of space. And yet it's still together. Scientists have been wondering, so what has been keeping matter together? What, what has been keeping matter together? Because matter is made up of faith. What, what, what keeps? He, in him, all things consist. He, he's, uh-oh, he's the glue of life. He's the glue of life. He's the glue of life. He didn't just create things and sit somewhere. He created it and sustained it. He's the sustainer of life. He's the sustainer of life. Thank you, Jesus. The reason why your chair is sustaining your weight is because Christ is holding the... Uh... Yes! Yes! In him, all things consist of things. Let's look at uh, Amplified Bible. How the Amplified puts it. He himself existed before all things. And in him, all things consist. Cohere. Held together. They cohere. When you say coherence, yes. coherence, they cohere wow. in him. Things are able to cohere yeah. in him. Yeah. No conflict. No conflict. Yeah. How can, how, God, God just breathed, somebody puts it this way, it's like God breathed the stars, so the stars, and yet he also took his time to make your every intricate aspect of your kidney. This God, you, you, need, you need so much to see the vastness of the universe. Yes, you need the microscope to see the tiniest things he has made. He had time. All things means all things. 
can I submit to you this thing that I've been waiting to talk about for about two months since I started this? <laughs> Something that is called laminin. Laminin. What's a laminin? Laminin is a cell adhesion molecule. So this is what it means. This is what it means. That's the simplest way to put it. This is what it means. You know, you are made up of cells. Yes. I know some of you don't, didn't know that. <laughs> All you know about cells is the cell phone. <laughs> but you are made up of cells. Yes. <laughs> the basic units of the human body. Now, you are, you are made up of cells. Several cells, but the cells are all together. What, what keep, what sticks them together? The basic structure or the adhesion, adhesion molecule. There's a molecule in the body that keeps the cells together. It's called laminin. It's only in living things. Animals, human beings and animals. The cell, what keeps the cells together? Okay, you are now putting technical stuff on the screen. <laughs> yes. You can leave it, put it, put, it, put it on the screen. Yes. What's that? You are struggling to say it. Glycoprotein, <laughs> component of connective tissue basement membrane that promotes cell adhesion. They, they help the cell to stick together. Listen, this is serious. Okay, laminin is in the a body animal body that helps the cell to stay. Other than that, your cells will be floating. But the cells stick together. And the molecular structure of the laminin, look at how it looks like. Look at how it looks like. Give us the molecular structure of the laminin. Doesn't this look like the cross? It is. It is complete. Yes, yes, yes. Like the cross. It's very interesting. This has been discovered by scientists long time before even the cross. It keeps, it keeps the body. What Christ, God has programmed Christ into the, even the human body. That he, 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 every living thing, he, he holds. He said, in him all things are held together. The glue, when you jump, what keeps us, you know the earth is going round. We, we should be flying off. But the force of gravity that holds us, you see, that you, we call it gravity, but the Bible says, Christ. Uh, hallelujah! Bible says that he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. All things cohere together. All things consist in him. In him. In him. In Christ. That's why Christ is Sufficient. It's enough. It's enough. That is very interesting when you look at the structure, molecular structure of a laminin, and that is what keeps the cells together, that keeps you together as a human being. Other than that, you float everywhere, you melt, and all the organs, all your cells will, they will unite. But there's something created in the human body, and the animal's body that keeps the cells together. Cells together, and the secret, it looks like it's coincidence for it to look like the cross. Because when it, come, when you, when it comes to uh, um, science and biology, sometimes the structures might differ. Sometimes, originally, it's almost like a sword. It lies. Like, but it's interesting that 
This, this, this is something. When you see it, what comes to mind is that the cross. The cross is what has been keeping you alive. Keeps. And Colossians have said it already. But this is not, this is just interesting finding. It's just an interesting finding. All right, but the truth is that Christ is what? The one who keeps all together. If you don't want things fall apart, Chenu Achibi. They said that can If you don't want things to fall apart, if you don't want things to fall apart, then get Christ. Because in him, all things consist. Your marriage, your family life, don't get Christ out of it. I know you like romance, but not at the expense of getting Christ involved. Because Christ is who will keep, you know, when romance goes out, Christ can keep things together. Oh, yes. Can I hear the wives and husbands say, oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Oh. Is it not true, sir? Is it not true? <laughs> Romance doesn't necessarily hold relationship together or good marriage together. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of, I can't hear you, Christ in you. week we'll go on to where he talks about he is the head anything without a head is dead <laughs> yes lord he is the head of the body yes. this christ who created all things for whom all things were created who is before all things who holds all things together is the head of the oh is the head of the church head of the body but because of time i'll end now and then we'll go together. Somebody, did you receive something? Shout glory to Jesus! Shout glory to Jesus! My best part today is I don't know when I can get over this thing. He did not send his son to the world to condemn the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.